Utah Network. Hi, this is Devin Turner with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. And it's rigging a book and I'll be there. All that I can find. Superman or Green Lantern ain't got nothing on me. Hello and welcome to issue 21 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark and I am joined as always by the master of mayhem himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? I'm very good. How are you today? I am good. Good. And once again, we're trying to sneak it in just under the wire and get in an, uh, an episode right before the end of the month. But hopefully it'll be up and, and uh, in time. And we get a little short change, too. February is a short month, too. So yeah, it's but, not our fault. Yeah, exactly. See, it's society. Yeah. So, But yes, we are back and ready to talk about some comic books, as we like to do every month. Not a whole lot to talk about leading into the show, but I did wonder, Andy, if you had watched any of the Umbrella Academy. I have not yet. And that's also not a comic I read either. So for a little while it was in Comixology, ching I'm not sure that it still is, uh, but no, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I, I like the concept, um, but yeah, I just haven't had a chance. Yeah, I have not either. And again, it's not same just as you. It's not a comic that I ever read. Uh, I know it did have a following and it had kind of a little bit of a built in audience, too, because it was created by Gerard Way, who's the uh, lead singer for My Chemical Romance. So, uh, I, you know, yeah, as I said, I, I, I was aware of it and knew that um, it did have some some interest, but was not one that I had gotten around to. But I've, I've heard good things about the series, so I am hoping to check it out soon. Uh, I am still very behind on a lot of shows, but trying to catch up, I've had a little bit more free time lately to to partake of some television. So I'll probably check that out. And I might see Amy had some interest too, so I, m- I might see if she wants to watch that with me. Um, That's funny because it came up on Melissa's um, suggestions list, and I was like, no. Like that's not a <laughs> suggestion for you. Like, well, I, I think Dave and Shannon have been watching it. Um, yeah, so. Shannon, and I, I love I love my wife, but I think Shannon has more capacity more, for some of that sci-fi stuff, gotcha. and fantasy stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, and and my wife loves that stuff. Like her, among her favorite shows or of all time are like the Battlestar Galactica reboot and Firefly and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's one we'll check out together, but I, I thought, uh, I thought I might head him off at the pass a little bit with that one. Cause I anticipated maybe getting some questions from listeners if, if we had checked it out, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to checking it out, but I have not yet. So yeah, right. no, that's um, cause that's it. Like, it's funny cause that popped up um, and then they're doing doom patrol. Yeah. Which, which looks, it looks cool. It looks weird. Well, but Doom, Doom Patrol is weird. <laughs> I know, but I don't know how you do it on TV, really. But again, oh. embrace the weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, I've been, I've had an interest in picking up that DC Universe subscription. The the Teen Titans show, I I thought was maybe trying a little too hard because that uh, that trailer that they released with with Robin saying, you know, F Batman and all that. I was like, I feel like they're trying a little too hard for for being edgy. But I heard good things. I, I've heard people do like it. So even on that, on the subscription, you can you have, they have access to comic books and stuff like that. So I may check it out at least. I think you could probably get a free trial. So um, that's interesting. 
Yeah. Um, and any listeners, if you guys do subscribe to the DC streaming service and you like it, don't like it, uh, you know, whatever you want to let us know about it. I, I'd love to hear about it. So if you want to drop us an email or chime in on Facebook, that'd be cool because I, I am really curious about it. And that's obviously the the way these things are going. You're going to have a Marvel one eventually and, you know, maybe just under the Disney umbrella. But but everything's kind of heading that way of being real specialized. So it's interesting that DC went ahead and was trying to kind of be ahead of the curve for that. Yeah, yeah I wonder. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, well, let's get the uh, show itself started properly, and we will jump into the poll list. All right, so this is where we discuss our current reading materials, and as usual, I don't have a ton. I have a few things, and there was, of course, the big thing that's come out since we recorded last, which is Conan the Barbarian, uh, so we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, do you want to go first, Andy, or you want me to want me to knock my few out? Uh, knock your couple out, then I'll, and I'll piggyback into the Conan the Barbarian stuff, and then I've got a couple. Okay, cool. So aside from Conan, I'm not caught up on Star Wars, so I won't be able to talk about that one. I have to actually get to the... I, so I transferred my comics to the closer version of the comic book store. Uh, that's the one that's actually closer to me and probably like 10 minutes from Andy's house, thinking that would help me get there more often, and I still have not. <laughs> so, that's funny. Yeah, that hasn't worked out well. But... What I have been picking up at Midgard Comics, because they have a nice display of them and they are very eye-catching, and I love the concept, are these Marvel Comics True Believers, uh, is what they're calling them. They have a little banner at the top of each issue, and they're straight-up reprints of old comic books. And it's cool because inside the co- the front cover, down in like the all the legal information, it'll tell you when it was published, which is really cool because you can be like, oh, this was you know such and such issue 25 from January 1976 or whatever, which is which is nice because I, I do like to know because a lot of times if you just say, oh, it's a reprint of issue this, it's like I have no idea when that was. So actually seeing the years and everything is kind of cool. And there's a wide wide variety of what they've put out. The things that I've picked up have been several issues of What If, and then they've also reprinted a bunch of Conan, either Conan the Barbarian, Savage Sword, King Conan. They've done a whole bunch, and they're kind of key, either key issues or significant appearances, things like that. Like the, I think the Savage Sword one that I picked up was one of the first appearances of uh, Tothamon, which is one of his uh, adversaries. So um, so these are kind of cool, and I, I'm really enjoying them. Even though they're reprints, they're a dollar each, and it's like a no-brainer for me to like uh, pick up a handful of these because they're, again, they're, they're dollar comics and they're reprints, so I don't have to worry about bagging and boarding them. I literally have a pile of them next to my bed on the, you know, on my nightstand, and I'll just pick one up and read it. And, um, and they're, they're just kind of super fun. So I was wondering if you had picked up any of those. I, uh, I picked up one based on the conversation we had, um, but I grabbed that mostly for Owen. I, get, I don't, I really don't buy paper comics anymore is my big yeah. thing. So I think a lot of those um, ended up on Comixology or they are strictly designed to, you know, get people to try to buy the, the paper comics again. And it just, and it's a neat idea. It just, for me, like, I don't, I don't have time to go to the comic book store anymore, but I read, you know, 10 comics a week, you know? Right, 
Right. And and for me, they're totally impulse buys. They're like candy at the front register. You know what I mean? I see one and I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. And it's a dollar. So it's like I grab it. And even though I might I would balk at like a like a five dollar cover price for a single comic, I have no qualms at all about grabbing like six or seven of them. And just, right, 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 right. You know, so so I really like them. Uh, and again, not not new issues and not even within you know something in continuity you can just pick up and um and just read you know what i mean it's not you don't have to know what's going on they've done a great job of picking and choosing and of course things like what if lends itself to that because they're single standalone issues with a a single concept so i picked up uh like what if the silver surfer had uh taken control of the infinity gauntlet and i'm trying to think of what the other what ifs I picked up, but anyway, I'm just I'm I'm really enjoying those, and uh, I think it's a neat idea that that Marvel's doing those, and uh, I'm I'm curious about the success of them. You know, are other people interested like I am, or you know how sales are going for that? But but I, I thought it was a neat concept, and I, I do enjoy picking them up. So and they they crank them out. There's a ton. It seems like every time I go to the store, there's a, there's a whole bunch of new ones. So it's funny too. Uh, well, and I've had. I haven't been as up on my comic news lately, so I'm wondering maybe if um, the it's something they're trying to do, just like you said, to kind of reinvigorate kind of in-store sales. Yeah, and and obviously it's a nice way to point people in the right direction for current books. Like obviously they've reprinted a bunch of Conan, and the, and the new Conan the Barbarian books are out and available and are very much on display inside you know as far as advertising inside these these dollar books so you know they're definitely trying to bridge the gap i think maybe between old readers who you know maybe had collected conan and and new readers and and um and and probably vice versa too it's probably a nice way for people that maybe hadn't read much conan to who have picked up the new books and are enjoying them to to go back and, and read some classic issues so uh, I, I think it's a good idea. I hope you know. I hope it it works for them. And obviously, it's not costing them much of anything because they're. It's just the the reprinting itself. They're not paying new artists, new you know, new writers or anything like that for new content. So. So uh, it's got to be part of their whole 80, 80th anniversary piece. That could uh, be too. Yeah. Yeah, because I've got some of the things that I picked up this last month were all about some of their kind of um, reimagining of old Marvel um, titles. So oh, cool. so uh, I picked up uh, something called Crypt of Shadows. So all new horror stories for Marvel's 80th anniversary. We've gone into the vaults to bring back some classic titles from the Marvel of yesteryear, but maybe some vaults should stay closed. So basically Crypt of Shadows was an old Marvel print, but they're they're just reusing the name to basically tell to tell some new horror stories. Oh, that's, uh, but it, that's great because that's such an underexplored genre uh, in current comics. So that, I think that's really smart, especially with things like right now you've got th- things are very popular. Like you know Stephen King's got uh, a whole bunch of stuff coming out. Pet Cemetery's coming out. The the It remake was really well received, and so I, I think that's a no pun intended, but like an untapped vein there for. Uh, uh, for some of the so I, that's really cool and, so and I'm you, wonder, yeah I don't know if they're just doing it as part of you know um, the 80th anniversary type of thing but yeah so they're doing so the ones I, I saw and picked up were Crypt of Shadows 
uh, journey into unknown worlds. So Crypt of Shadows is more horror. Journey into unknown worlds is a little bit more sci-fi. And then um, War is Hell, uh, which is it, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. So it's it's uh, war stories, but the the first one is you know World War Two. That's you know where they would have drawn from from the original stuff. But the second story in there is set in um, like Afghanistan. Um, oh, wow. modern okay. modern Afghanistan. Yeah, that's interesting. And so you picked them up. Did you read the the Crypt of Shadows one? Uh, did I did. You... It's um, it's cool. It's like three interconnected stories. Oh, okay, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, that was yeah. really good. The Journey into Unknown Worlds was pretty good too, and the War is Hell is. Um, yeah, they were right on right on the money on that one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, and and obviously, um, I I think that you you might even see that type of stuff pick up because the the new Twilight Zone is is being done, and uh, there's a new Creep Show anthology coming out with Stephen King involved, and uh, so I I think the I I think they're maybe hitting a market that's underserved there. So that's that's pretty smart, and if they're if they're good, then you know, then they'll have success there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, no, uh, I, I'm hoping, like, I think, like I said, it's all, I think it's all part of their 80th anniversary thing. Like, and if I, just while we were talking, I pulled up their page. It looks like they're like promoting some of their old stuff, like strange tales and Marvel boy journey into mystery. Like, so I don't know what they're doing with those. Like I, they've got them listed here, but I'm just trying to see if they're just, giving you access to like strange tales number one in 1950 or they're just yeah well and i wonder i didn't really those weren't the types i was looking for but i wonder if the true believers ones if they've done some reprints of those types as well it's what it looks like here that's cool good for them good for that i like i like what they're doing with their anniversary stuff that's great all right, so we'll bounce back into your stuff, but let's let's talk about Conan the Barbarian, uh, brand new, back under Marvel's banner, uh, new in 2019 with three titles: Conan the Barbarian, uh, Savage Sword of Conan, and Age of Conan. Age of Conan, I believe, is next month. Savage Sword, the first one, came out this month, but I I have not picked it up yet, and I think three is already out for Conan, because they did I think they did bi-weekly for the first two issues, and then monthly, so I think three is out for the main Conan the Barbarian book. I've only read the first two. Uh, how many have you read of those, Andy? All three. You have? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so far, I I really like it. Now, you could say I was predisposed to anyway, because I love the character, and I, I collect the original Marvel stuff, but uh, I was also ready to, you know, be a little critical if uh, because I wanted a good Conan story, and I wanted, I wanted it to feel like the original, but you know, updated for for modern storytelling, and uh, I think they've done a really good job with it. I, I think the the story is compelling, the action is good, the art is good. I'm I'm really enjoy- I've really liked those first two issues. What what have you thought so far? Yeah, I like them quite a bit as well. Um, I do I like. So the thing is, is we've heard a lot of Conan stories, right? So we we had to see how they were going to start it. Uh, are they are they going to start it the same way that you know you know Busick started it, you know, in '08, like that Robert E. Howard started it in whatever that was, uh, whenever he was writing those, like yeah. you know. So it's it's it was interesting to see where would they where would they start with it, where would they where would they go. And I think they, 
I think they started the story well, and I also really like the the artwork as well so far. So, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. Like I said, it's it's one of those ones where it, like you said, it's a storied property. So you know, what do you do with it to make sure that you kind of you get off on the on the right foot? You know, where do you go with it? Yeah, and and I don't think you have to stray too far from the original Marvel formula, which, you know, did well for, I think it's, I think it ran for 260, 270 issues. Uh, it, it was pretty straightforward. It's, you know, Conan travels around, gets into adventures. There's usually a scantily clad woman involved there. You know, there's, this, it, it's, it, it's not reinventing the wheel, but at the same time, you know, you do have to change things up for, for modern comic book readers and uh i i think they did a nice job they went they did a little time time uh lapse thing where they showed you kind of the start and end of a story and and at first i was like wow i'm a little surprised they're doing this but i actually think it's it's really made the story intriguing because you kind of know where it's coming from and then where it's headed but it's going to fill in the gaps for you in the middle and and i thought that was kind of bold for them to do that but i actually really like how it's gone so far yeah and what's interesting too i they're doing it in i i feel like some of the other the older conan stuff the each each issue is a little bit more self-contained. These ones yes. are, like are much more of a serial, like much more in the kind of standard comic vein. So you got to you're going from one to two to three, like, and you're you you you're reading them in sequential order. You kind of you're waiting for that that next one to come out. Um, um, and they're telling a story, but like you said, they're not afraid to kind of jump as well. Um, to be able to say, you know, this story didn't take place, you know, over just two months. This this story took place over a much longer period of time for Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, and I and I think they're going to use the other books to do maybe a little bit more self-contained. Like Age of Conan starts with, um, it, I mean, I'm sure Conan's in it, but it starts with more of a tale of uh, a belit. Uh, and I never know how to pronounce it, but B E L I T. Yeah. Uh, who's a well-known character, a pirate queen. Uh, and so she's going to be the, f- the focus in there. And I haven't picked up Savage Sword, but I think that one's going to be a little bit more um, of the shorter uh, self-contained, which will allow the, the main book to be that longer kind of serialized type of thing that we're used to with, with most comics now. And if you like the jumping around, I think issue three will be um, is really neat how they do three. Yeah, I'm, I'll pick that up on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'm I'm really digging the new Conan. I'm I'm very happy. Uh, I really like that Marvel got it back, and it's it's made me want to go back and you know keep reading because I I have so many issues of the original, uh, and I've I've read a lot of them. But what I've done is uh, I've had the most success collecting between issue 100 and 200. I have. Almost, I'm going to say probably 85 to 90 of those issues. So I have pretty large runs. So what I'll do is, again, even though they're mostly self-contained, I'll I'll read a chunk at a time. Uh, so that's mostly where I've read. So, but there's still a ton that I haven't read. So I've kind of gone back and and revisited them because it's kind of made me. Because again, they they did a great job of making it feel 
like it, it really honors the original Marvel series, which was a hugely popular series. I mean, it it went almost 300 issues, and it, it was at one time in the in the 70s, it was one of their highest selling titles. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really happy with it, and I, I think Marvel's done a nice job. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I definitely like the Conan the Barbarian. It's gonna, you know, with the um, with the other titles, it's gonna take me. You know, I gotta. I gotta give it two or three before I really know. Right. But for whatever reason, the the Conan the Barbarian got me right off the bat too, though. Um, the Savage Sword one, like I said, I'll I'll see where it goes, but it's it's tough because, like I said, I'm I'm reading another, you know, I'm reading another title right now, so it's it it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, and, and I almost wondered if they were overplaying their hand and, and maybe putting too much Conan out to start and maybe should have delayed, you know, Savage Sword, maybe six months or whatever, just to, to see how things are going. But the, you know, we'll, we'll see. I just, I just would hate for them to oversaturate. Like we've seen them done in, you know, do in the past with the Punisher and Venom and characters like that, where it's like, you know, there's too much and, and people give up on all three of the books rather than allowing them just just focus on one and having it be really good. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm hopeful everything's okay with that. But I, I did wonder about them maybe jumping the gun a little bit with being overzealous about getting the property back. Yeah, and it's also a different art style too with it, um, and a different kind of a different writing style too. So we'll I'll have to see where you know kind of where it goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not unhappy with it. It's just. I I liked the the other title better, I guess. The, yeah. The Conan yeah. the Barbarian title better. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's enough Conan. So, what else uh, did you want to talk about? All right. So, I mentioned the uh, Crypt of Shadows, Journeys into the Unknown, uh, and the um, the war related ones. So, Warren Ellis has been running a series called The Wild Storm, and Comicsology just put like a bunch of them i think like one through 12 in a volume that was on comiXology cha-ching and i didn't know much about kind of the wild storm universe that's where like grifter is from um it's yeah because it's a dc imprint so there there has been crossover like in the dc universe um but when i started reading it i didn't realize that like so i you know like i said volume they have wildstorm volume one which is issues one through 12 and it's just really interesting so it's it's not exactly the same as the original kind of universe that was created for some of these characters but what warren ellis is doing with it it like it is a great read like and I'm I'm loving the read of it to the point where I didn't realize it was an ongoing series. So then I bought 13 through 20. <laughs> like, oh, wow. just, I just went boom, 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 and just read them all. And now, so it's an ongoing. So I, it happened that 20 came out the day after I did all this. So then I got to read one more. But now I'm subscribed to that series. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, I really like it. There's some it is unclear who the good guys are like (laughs) the people that are kind of bad are sometimes doing bad things for good reasons. Sometimes it's a little bit greedy. Sometimes it's more like, do you remember, (sighs) is it dark? 
not Doctor No. What's remember Moonraker, like the James Bond Moonraker, where yeah. and the only reason I use that as a specific example is because one of the antagonists in Wildstorm is basically there's a secret society or a secret organization that's controlling space and there's a secret organization that's contro- controlling everything on the Earth, uh, and they hate each other, uh, and they're aware of each other and they hate each other, uh, but they try to stay out of each other's way, but the ones up in space, they just, they basically want to leave. They want to leave Earth and they want to do better things out in space. But that doesn't mean they treat most people down on the planet very well. In fact, they don't like people that are still living down on the planet. Um, but they're not actively trying to kill the people on the planet. So it's it's that weird thing. So I get, I get that very kind of uh, Moonraker feel where, like... You know, he's just trying to start things again in space, like um, a <laughs> right. little less Nazi kind of feel than Moonraker had. But um, but I I like it. I think it's well written. And like I said, I just I love reading every single page of it. Well, I, I War Analysis. Uh, I don't know of too many things I've read of his that I didn't enjoy. He's just a he's just a really interesting storyteller. Right, and that and that was the thing is like I saw, I think I had read about this maybe a year or two ago, and I couldn't get a hold of it or like, it, for whatever reason, I, I just I didn't get into it, um, and so I kind of moved on. And then when I saw Volume One was available, I jumped right on it. So yeah, that's, but that but that's to say too, like there's some other stuff by Ellis you know, that I had been, that I tried recently that I didn't like. And I don't even know if I mentioned on this. Um, he did this, um, he's doing this series right now, um, Cemetery Beach. Basically, there's a off-world colony. So, but it's, it, it, like they went, went to another dimension, but it was like, it, it's really weird. I can't, I can't really describe it other than like we like our present government then sends an agent to see what happened to the original settlers we sent there. And it turns out like they've, you know, they've got a whole society going. They have no interest in reconnecting with kind of our original universe. But the story isn't as compelling. Um, I don't like the protagonists um, that much, but it's just, yeah, it's. It, so there is there are examples of some Warren Ellis stuff out there that I'm not. So it's really interesting that he's got two he's got two active comics right now. One of which I you know like I said I devoured 20 issues in 2 days. So yeah. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I was not a reader of the Wildstorm stuff. I I was familiar with the characters. That all reminds me of the um kind of the golden age of wizard comics where I would read Wizard religiously every month, and it felt like even comics that I didn't read, I knew kind of what was going on because they they did a good job of keeping kind of keeping you up to date on on everything that was going on. And I just remembered a lot of like covers with those characters, like uh, like Grifter and Maul and um, some of the I, I don't even know the names on some of the other ones, but they were very, you know, that. Uh, yeah, I think Grifter kinda, would be the one that most people would recognize. Yeah. Uh, and it has a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he made it through somehow to the DC Universe proper, right? Like, he's in the DC Universe now, isn't he? Um, I don't know if he is or not. Like, I was trying to... Like, it's... It, because because of DC's kind of reboots as well, like, it's... Um, 
it's hard to tell exactly what, what's happening there. Um, but it's um, I didn't go into it that far. Like I'm just I'm just kind of concentrating on where he sits in in uh, in this particular universe. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Uh, yeah. Was there uh, was there some other ones? Yes. You to talk so about? I got um, the the other one I want to mention too is um, so I really liked Old Man Logan when it came out. I just finished Old Man Hawkeye, which I liked quite a bit as well. And now they're doing Old Man Quill. So, and again, this is not to spoil anything um, with Old Man Logan, but it, at this point, you know, if you if you haven't gotten around to Old Man Logan uh, at this point, it's been out for like ten years. I feel right. um, they, you know, there's something happens most superheroes are dead. There are a few super criminals that are controlling the planet. That's just, that's the old man Logan storyline. Old man Hawkeye, he's hunting down some of the, basically the dark Avengers that kind of betrayed some of the Avengers. That's, that's his storyline. So now you've got what was happening kind of off planet when all that was happening. So, there's a there's that storyline you know of what's happening to Peter Quill, you know during this time and what's happened to him since since then because again it's it's I don't remember how many years in the future it is but it's it's quite a ways so and again it's it's not giving away too much but uh, what it's the church oh I never remember the full name of the Universal Church of Truth. Basically, Peter has a run-in with them right around the same time the events that are taking place kind of to set up the old man, Logan, old man, um, Hawkeye universe are happening. And and then eventually, you know, Peter and what's left of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy end up back on Earth with the Church of Truth kind of in hot pursuit. Um, but I like that because that's... It's similar to like what they did with like some of the Annihilus stuff because that happened during Civil War. Like it's just I like I like that there. Marvel sometimes remembers to tie back in. Like if you know, obviously that old man Logan storyline. Other things were happening in the universe at the same time. There's way more than just the superheroes that are on Earth. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's funny because not to spoil a lot, but Rocket has like a cane because he's old. He's like yeah. an old raccoon. That that is old for a raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, so I, yeah, I've definitely that's I've been enjoying that one too. And then yeah, I I have some of my ongoings and stuff, but those were like kind of the new ones that I wanted to talk about. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate how you highlight different stuff all the time. And uh, all the time it, it makes me go, oh, I should really read that. And then I, I either – it's not that I even forget. It's that I'm like, I, I don't know when I'm going to have time to <laughs> to read all this extra stuff. But that's why you're the you're the workhorse. You read oh, all the stuff. I, I, do, I do need to mention one other thing that I purchased. And I, I've got to go back and try it again. But I, I happen to notice that William Gibson – wrote some stuff for uh basically in the alien universe i was like what is this because i i normally like his like his writing 
but it's basically it's this is the official adaptation of the original screenplay for Alien Three. Oh, that's interesting. Right, because Alien Three was terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, this, if I remember right, the script is nothing like what they ended up shooting. Right. So apparently, like, like this is interesting, but it is less comic than it is book. So I was trying to read it too much like a comic. And I need to go back and read it more like a book. Gotcha. Huh. That's cool. I didn't realize he had done any stuff like that. Yeah, I had. I like I said, I came across it. Um, it's originally from like the end. Well, it's not even that old. It's from 2018. So, like I said, it's um, yeah, it's written by him and this other guy Johnny Christmas, which is an interesting name. But yeah, it's it's interesting because it's it's more like some of the the different factions that exist in the alien world you know the characters that that were alive at the end of two are still alive like they didn't just get written out for expedience sakes yeah and i think that's one of the things that really bothers a lot of people about alien 3 is that they all that whole relationship that they work so hard to build you know the surrogate mother-daughter relationship between Newt and Ripley in Aliens is undone in the first five minutes of Alien 3, which is so does such a disservice to it, I think. Right. So Hicks is still alive, too. Right. Right. Like, so it's 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 interesting. Like, um, yeah, I think it's I, don't even, I think, yeah, they're up to four issues. So this is like an ongoing right now, as far as I know. I just I bought one through three. I flipped through them all. I've got to go back because it was, yeah, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's all these characters. There's way too much story here for me. Like, like I wasn't, I wasn't in the right mind frame. I was, I wasn't paying attention very well, to be honest. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds cool. That's very, interesting. yeah. So there'll be more about that probably next month. Awesome. All right. Okay. Well, let's close the drawer then on the pull list. Currently, Humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. It is entitled, Naturan de Manto. Roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. Okay, this is Read This, where we ask you to read along with us with a trade paperback or a series or a story arc or something cool. And uh, in keeping with the excitement over Conan, last month it was my pick, and I selected the uh, the Kurt Busiek run, the first 
part of that run that he did with Dark Horse that Andy referenced earlier, which is collected in a trade called uh, The Frost Giant's Daughter and Other Stories. And uh, I think it was 10, 10, 12 issues. I can't remember how many it was, but uh, it was a good chunk of that early um, Busiek arc and with with good artwork. and, And really, he attempted to go and take some of the more classic Robert E. Howard pulp stories and translate those into comic form. And uh, I had read it when it came out and had not read it since, so it was good for me to go back and uh, and revisit it. And I know Andy had read it, but I'm not sure how long ago you had, uh, Andy. But um, I, I enjoyed going back and, and reading this. What did, uh, what did you think about this one? Yeah, so what's interesting is I read it not too long ago, right? So to get ready for this show, I was like, all right, I'm going to flip through it again because I remember the story pretty well, but like I want to flip through it again. I It must have been on Comixology Unlimited and then dropped because I couldn't find it on there anymore. Like, oh, I, that's that's how I reread it. It's on it's on there now, I think. Is it? Yeah. I, that's, I, I just finished up uh, today. <laughs> and. Oh, yeah. uh Yep. Yeah, I, and I grabbed it as soon as I recommended it last month. So I've, See, I've had I it. I thought for... I did too, but I could not. I could not find it. No, it's it. It's um, it's not the Dark Horse one, right? Is or is it? Is it? No, it Dark... is. Yeah, it was. It was Dark Horse. Yep. Yeah. So weird. What's the title? What's the exact title you have? Can't. I think it's what I just said. The Frost Giant's Daughter and Other Stories, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, the Frost yeah. Giant's Daughter and Other Stories. That's. So weird. Anyway, I did <laughs> I did buy a couple of the issues, so I had oh, it, so I could okay. uh, so I appreciate I could it again. Yeah. Well, and the the Frost Giant's daughter is one of the more well known and more beloved of uh, Howard's original pulp stories. It's it's kind of a neat uh, it's a neat premise. You've got Conan who's uh, essentially on death's door after uh, this massive battle. And sees this vision of a scantily clad uh, woman in the snow and begins to follow her. And it's it's very well done because you you don't know if he's is he imagining this? You know, is he is he bleeding out on the battlefield? And this is just kind of what's you know flashing through his mind. And I I think in in written form it comes across very well. This is a this is a really good Howard story. Uh, but I think it's a little tough to try and carry out on the comic book page because you've got to, you know, kind of maintain and, and have visuals and everything throughout when it's more of a psychological type story. But I, I think it really nails it. I, I think it I think it makes for a really nice comic story the way that um, that Busick uh, uh, chooses to, to write it and adapt it. And he uses some of Howard's, you know, writing within his own adaptation and, and the artwork is really nice. And I just, I just felt like it was a great, great way to uh, adapt that story from the, just the, the prose form to, to the comic book medium. Well, what's interesting too, is the, this series, the way they, the way he does the whole series, it, he has an interesting way of kind of introducing the, the series. Cause it's, it's basically someone telling the story of like Conan. So like, which I like, like that's so he's not afraid to kind of do the kind of the exposition voice when he needs to. 
Right, right. That's a good way to put it. You're right. Yeah. And it's a nice framing device because it does allow it kind of gives him that ability to to drop in that exposition, but it doesn't feel heavy handed either. It's uh, I, I think it's really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So I I liked this kind of run of Conan for one of that reasons. And again, it's also music, you know, so like that that set of stories in of itself. And I don't some of them I don't remember you know, the original kind of Robert E. Howard versions and stuff as well. Like, so I, I had a fun time kind of looking at it kind of on its own. Yeah. 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 And that's the great thing about it is that if you're not familiar with the Howard stories, these are, you know, these are just good, you know, fantasy type stories and and with good action and, and very well written. And, um, it just, uh, yeah, just kind of a fun read and uh, I wanted to I wanted to talk about the artwork a little bit too because it, it kind of struck me rereading it in the um, maybe it was because of the comicsology format allows do you do you do when you read it do you do the guided view where it pulls in on each panel I um, don't I typically do not uh, okay you you probably have a larger tablet than I do I have a yeah. um I just have a Kindle which is about it's, you know the screen's like I think maybe nine inches so even to read a page I have to do it that way because if if I do it in just full page format I'm there's literally some stuff that I is too small for me to read so I have to do the guided view where it uh it zooms in on each individual frame but because of that I, I think I got a little more out of it this time because I I just really noticed the it's almost I don't want to call it a watercolor effect but the the artwork has kind of a an interesting tone to it where it's it's a little a little looser on the you know it doesn't have necessarily hard outlines a lot of times and there's a little bit of a uh, not even a blur effect uh, it's it's tough to I'm, I'm sure there's a word for it that within artistry that i i just don't know but it's a you know did you did you notice that at all it's kind oh, of definitely a, it's it is it's more like a painting almost. yes yes but but like, like i don't know what color. To, yeah yeah like, yeah i don't know what to call that um yeah, but yeah, they no the the art style. I think the art style lends itself to this type of genre. So where it's kind of kind of what is this? This is in high fantasy. This is what this is middle fantasy, I guess, because it's got <laughs> yeah, magic even, and stuff like. Yeah, I'm not even sure what the what the breakdowns are, but yeah, it's right. kind of yeah. I, I really enjoyed going. Uh, going back over this and then being able to juxtapose it too with the new Conan series and also me, you know, rereading the the old series. So it was kind of you you really see the kind of the threads between them. Obviously, the the character himself at his core stays the same, but you also kind of see a lot of the same themes and and uh, storytelling type of uh, tricks and and you know, patterns within the stories, even among all the different eras of, of Conan in the comics. So I think that kind of gives it a consistency that's really, that, that I think really helps. I, I, I really enjoyed this because it kind of stands alone because it, it adapts more of the Howard stuff than they did in the original Marvel. And then I, I don't know, you know, how much of that they might do in the new Marvel, but it kind of, it, it was kind of its own thing, but still felt very much like a lot of the other Marvel stuff too, so uh, it was kind of fun to revisit it for that reason as well. So interesting. I was just checking real quick at like who the artist was. So it's uh, it was a Gary Nord. 
Yeah, yeah. So he, not for what we just read, but he did win an Eisner for some of his work on the Conan series. So um, Conan the Legend, uh, issue zero, so a one-shot. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I don't think there's a... I don't think there's a ton to say about it. It's not really a deep dive type of not, you know, nothing with a, a lot of, you know, social undertones or anything like that. Just kind of a fun read that we that we like to do now and then. So, um, yeah, was there anything else you want to mention about it? No. Um, I, what was interesting, though, is, um, you know, it is it does come right from uh, a Robert E. Howard story. So it's it's interesting. So it has its own kind of kind of wikipedia page um because of that uh, which is interesting so it's so it's it's talking about the the frost giant's daughter you know short story from uh from conan but the image that they use on the page is from the busick you know comic with gary nord's uh artwork um you know because that's apparently a you know a a, a good a good interpretation of the original story yeah well now i'm gonna have to go look because uh <laughs> yeah. but um yeah well and, and the artwork it's it, it's very well done and his artwork too is nice because um with the depiction of the, of the daughter herself who again she's you know scantily clad she's um essentially i think her her like she's topless and you know hair strategically placed and things like that could be done could be overdone and over sexualized but i don't think it is even though you're talking about a a mostly nude character it's actually i think very very tastefully done um which is which is nice too because it's that's a fine line to you know as an artist to ride um with you know drawing this uh character that's enticing conan but not not going too far with it so um uh, I, I think he did a nice job with that as well. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's cool. Uh, if you uh, are digging the new Conan and want to go back and check out some other stuff, I would highly recommend it. I, th- I think it's really uh, a really good read, and uh, I, I enjoyed revisiting it. So that was fun. And it is Andy's turn to pick for next month, so I'm curious to see what he has come up with. Okay. So I I know we probably should have done this in January for February, um, but also based on who we picked for this month's somebody, I thought it might be a good idea to, or a nice idea, not a good idea, but a nice idea to try to highlight a African-American either writer or uh, artist um, in comics. Um, so I was trying to figure out, cause I, I've really been enjoying the, the newest stuff from black Panther. So then I was like curious, I was like, well, let's go back, you know, have there been other kind of African-American authors that have done kind of the black Panther. And I found a run, uh, by someone who I knew for something from other things, uh, but Reginald Hoodlin. Uh, H-U-D-L-I-N did a, did a cool run of Black Panther called Black Panther Who is Black Panther which is available right now on Comixology Unlimited so that, that also helps there um, I don't think I've ever run it I read it it's, um, it's basically 2005's run it's issues 1 through 6 of Black Panther but Reginald did uh, House Party and <laughs> 
Django Unchained. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because you, as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, I know him from. He's done. He's like written and directed movies. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's so. I, but I didn't realize he did. He did some stuff. He did some comic book stuff too. Yeah, I, I did not know that because I, I knew the name from um, uh, House Party, and um, I want to say he's in. He might have done some stuff with Spike Lee as well. Um, that I think for some reason that that connection comes up um, in my brain. Now I'm going to have to look. But um, okay, so it's called Who Is Black Panther? Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's basically awesome. yeah. So it's basically their um, the kind of the 2005 run. It's the first um, six episodes. Oh, you know what? He directed two episodes of Psych too. That was one of my. I really like that show. I'm on its page right now. It's, uh, yeah, I just looked. Oh, he's in. Okay, he's in. He's in. She's got to have it, which is one of. If yep. that's not, if that's not Spike Lee's first movie, it's definitely right up there. But um. Yep. Well, that, all right. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's a good idea. I like uh, I like that. And uh, yeah, I love Black Panther. So that'll be. That, and that's not one I've read. So that'll be that'll right. Be right. Cool. So that's not one I've read. Like I said, I've really been like I I like where Black Panther is right now. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I. I thought this would be fun to do um, as well, but kind of go back. And I think it has Claw in it too. So oh, yeah. Always, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's such a good bad guy. Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's who I picked, or that's what I picked for read this for. Um, yeah, if we had recorded earlier, this would be more apropos. But um, yeah, well, it's always good to good to highlight. Yeah, uh, and and. Just a quick aside here. Um, speaking of uh, uh, like black creators within the comic book world, uh, the I think I've mentioned it before. I know I've mentioned the show before, but the the Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics uh, that uh, that series it was only about four, five, six episodes on AMC, but I think you can get them streaming somewhere. The episode on Milestone Comics, which dealt with um, uh, Milestone, of course, was was all minor, minority. Uh, creators and that episode is fantastic it's a that show i really liked in general i thought they did a great job with all the different subjects but the the episode on milestone comics is a must watch it's it's so good and so um so entertaining there's just so much great information in there and about how it all came about and those characters there there are some great characters and again i i'm sure i've said it before but i'll, I'll mention it again at some point in read this we'll do blood syndicate uh because that is that i thought was just a a brilliant idea for a comic it was essentially what if the x-men was a a tough like real gritty street gang and uh it was just it was a super cool comic i really liked it uh milestone also did uh static shock that's where that's where that character came from that was another one i almost did for read this uh but I just I really like Black Panther, so I wanted it. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. So, so yeah, so yeah, no, good idea. Definitely a good good idea to highlight uh, um, African American creators. That's great, and I, I'm looking forward to reading it too. Uh, so, who is Black Panther? That'll be for next month on Read This. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities. Or discover long-lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber-based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on! 
with GameMat.eu. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. All right. It is time for us to go into the final segment. Well, sort of final segment outside of the mailbag. Anyway, we're into the somebodies and it was Andy's turn to pick. And this was kind of cool. I liked Andy's pick here because this is a character that I didn't know a ton about. So I'm going to let Andy take over. So what's what's really interesting is I've had two. So I picked Bill Foster. Uh, who's also known as Black Goliath, Giant Man, and Goliath. Now, what's really interesting about this is I picked him for a couple reasons. One, for those of you who have seen the most recent, the Ant-Man and Wasp movie, that is Lawrence Fishburne's character, who uh, in that timeline, at about that time, he would be just a scientist again because he kind of he retired. Um, but basically, he is a character who kind of like the original Hank Pym, you know, used and worked with Hank Pym to, to kind of become a giant character. The other neat crossover is he gets killed during civil war. He gets blasted by basically the, the Thor clone and, and dies. And I had just finished like a couple of weeks ago, a cool what if about civil war where rather than so he's about to get hit by the lightning from the thor clone and iron man kind of flies in the way and takes the blast instead and dies and that changes kind of the outcome of of civil war but i i I was like i didn't know them i know him from those types of things like i knew him more from that kind of sacrifice inside of civil war than anything else um so i wanted to kind of find out a little bit more about him. Um, and really he is, he's basically a African American version of, um, kind of Hank Pym where he's really smart guy, you know, basically becomes a, a superhero, you know, but kind of retires, comes back to it. Um, and then, you know, kind of tragically he, he dies, but he was part of the West coast Avengers for a while. Um, but yeah, he has one of the most kind of iconic deaths in Civil War. Like, I, there's a lot of characters that drop in Civil War, but his was his was one of the biggest. Um, and that's really his death that actually bring a bunch of characters from Iron Man's side back onto Captain America's side. Um, so yeah, so he was he was a character that um, I thought would be fun to be to kind of have in there, and he makes. You know, he makes some, you know, appearances with Luke Cage, Power Man, but yeah, it's, um, it's fun. It's, I, I liked, I liked him quite a bit and just reading a little bit more, more about him, but yeah, that's, it, you know, he gets his start, um, basically back in it, it. The thing is, is he's Bill Foster and then he's Black Goliath, then he's Giant Man, then he's Goliath. So they have different kind of starting dates and stuff for him, but yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, originally yeah. created by Stan Lee and Don Heck in uh, the Avengers. I'm reading from Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Avengers issue 32, which is back in September 1966, and then the Black Goliath persona was uh, Tony Isabella and George Tuska in Luke Cage Power Man uh, issue 24 from April of 1975. So, um, and and it's funny because you mentioned the West Coast Avengers, which I was never a big Avengers reader when I was a kid. I didn't I didn't pick up. Avengers very often. I obviously knew about them and stuff, but um, 
as an adult, like in the dollar bins and stuff, West Coast Avengers is always one that I'll look for because West Coast has had some of my favorite kind of B-level characters like Moon Knight and Hawkeye. Yeah, yep. um, but I, I don't remember seeing him in West Coast Avengers at all. So um, this was kind of a guy that I, I didn't know that much about. So I was glad that you picked him because um, – did, did you see the cover for Black Goliath from – from uh, Black Goliath number one, February 1976? He's just like a giant version of Luke Cage. Like, he's, yeah, he's, with the boy, the costumes back then. He's got like the giant like uh, neck collar. Yeah, yeah, like collar. collar. I don't even know what you call that. Yeah. Like, why would you even have that? Like, he's got the peekaboo cutout on the front showing his abs. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a bizarre costume. Um, it is, but it's that's classic. Like, yeah, nineteen seventies. So seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I don't even know that artist, Rich Buckler. I've never uh, never heard of him either. It's yeah. cool. He had his own book though. That's great. I didn't. I didn't yeah, he had that. his own book. Like, but again, I think I liked. I I I liked this character because the more I read about it, like he is, he is a scientist first, and then kind of the the superhero second. Um, you know, he he's, you know, he sacrifices himself at one point to to. Um, and then even like when he's not a superhero anymore, like apparently he, you know, in the in the Marvel comic universe, like he's working for the CDC and he's still helping, like he's still yeah. helping out. Like, That's really cool. I also like, and I know in the movie he's kind of in a gray area. In the Ant Man um, Wasp movie, he's kind of in a gray area. But you know, just reading about his character, like he's he's never really kind of. He doesn't go rogue at any point, you know. So yeah. I kind of like that because I feel like sometimes they like they do that to a lot of characters, um, and I don't I don't always think it fits. Um, and in his case, I I don't think it would fit. So um, yeah, uh, I like it. I, I I like I think now I'm more interested in trying to find go back and find some of the West Coast Avengers and stuff. It was fun to kind of read about this this character. So he wasn't somebody I knew very well he just popped up a couple times recently um and i wanted to kind of throw him into our somebody's to try to try to give him a little more love and now now i'm more interested in reading more about him yeah yeah well and it's making me wonder too because uh west coast avengers is one of those like i said when i see him in the dollar bins i'll i'll grab them especially if there's a run of them uh and I, i have a decent amount of them but i haven't i haven't read all of them so now it makes me wonder if there if he is in some of the ones that i've got i just didn't didn't get around to those ones um and boy could he i don't know if they could have given him a more 70s uh (laughs) you know marvel type of uh, again and we talked about it before when stan lee passed very progressive and and did a lot with black heroes when you know the during the 70s and things like that but uh, boy is it very such a 70s origin because it on the wikipedia page it lists the blurb from the uh from issue one of his uh, of his book and it says uh, it reads Bill Foster, Dr. William Barrett Foster, DSC, PhD, a child of the ghetto, and ghetto is all caps for some reason, Yeah, <laughs> who has pulled himself, out, <laughs> himself up out of the Los Angeles slums to become director of one of the nation's most prestigious research labs, a man whose research has given him the power to instantaneously grow to a height of 15 feet, all caps, <laughs> with the strength of a true giant, all caps. 
a man who has become a hero. <laughs> but yeah. it's that classic. It's like, oh, he, you know, he came from the, you know, came from like a bad part of town, and he's, you know, that was very, uh, very much like the like where like Falcon and a lot of those characters came from. And again, you know, I, I very progressive of Marvel to, to include them, but it's, it's like a lot of cookie cutter stuff too, for, for their origins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, I liked him. Uh, it's funny because, you know, so the other character that I almost uh, chose this month too is, um, I, I do want to give him a quick shout out. Uh, Brother Voodoo. Oh yeah, I love bro- Brother Voodoo. Right. Yeah. So, so because so I know about Brother Voodoo because he eventually becomes Sorcerer Supreme at one point because yeah, he basically yeah. he takes over the mantle from Doctor Strange for a little bit. But like he he's like a really interesting character too because I didn't realize I went back and read his whole backstory too. Harvard educated psychologist like who's you know, whose brother is basically uh, a Haitian uh, voodoo priest. And again, really neat. And again, I don't know if they were trying to be progressive or whatnot, but like realizing that voodoo isn't bad, isn't like an evil religion. <laughs> right, like, right, right. There are bad practitioners that kind of corrupt it. Um, so yeah, he went down like to, you know, kind of a... Uh, avenge his brother's death you know at the hands of an evil practitioner um but i never realized that he was uh like a a trained psychologist like that doesn't that doesn't come out as much (laughs) right yeah um well and he i know him because he showed up in moon knight from time to time he was okay yeah, Moon Knight would use him as a. They would have him as a as a bad guy from time to time. So that's where I saw him. A so. bad guy or a good guy? He. I'm pretty sure he was a bad guy in Moon Knight. In the um. In that now I wanna now I wanna look that up on Wikipedia. I'm I'm pretty sure he um. Yeah. That's unless something. He, unless well, I'm he does somebody else. But I don't think so. There's one point where he gets he gets possessed, but no, he was. Like he was designed as a as a good character. Hmm, let me see. Okay, so oh, maybe he was working with him. Maybe that because it says uh, having established himself, Brother Voodoo goes on to help other superheroes, including Spider Man and Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, so maybe uh, because I'll tell you what, like the newer artwork for him was so cool. Like, yeah, I'm looking at the Sorcerer Supreme version. He, yeah, he looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, like they made him really neat looking. Like, yeah. like they. Yeah, they they made him much more like magician. Like, so yeah. he was like he was basically an African American version of Stephen Strange. Like, he was, he had that cool like kind of wizard look to him. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, you yeah, get so two. sorry. I, I brought him. <laughs> we got like, a two for one in this. Yeah, yeah, I was good. like, I was having, a, I had a really hard time choosing between between those two guys. Like, I just read their backstories and I was like, oh, these guys are awesome. Like. And I, like I said, Brother Voodoo had his own run for a little while. I know mostly because of the Doctor Strange, uh, but it's, yeah, it, it made it fun to kind of go back and, and read his stuff, like, um, and see, because he still pops up in in Doctor Strange now. So, you know, it's, I have I have fun with it. Nice. Yeah. 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 So those oh, are my cool. two. That's... Those are my two somebodies this month. Uh, yeah. No, that's all yeah. right. So then. Brother Voodoo and Bill Foster, aka Black Goliath, Giant Man Goliath. <laughs> it's funny because eventually they're just like, uh, and uh, there's the there's that joke in, uh, 
it's always sunny in Philadelphia where they have the they have the old um there's an old uh black man that's living with them and and they're, they're like they're like uh, old black man it's just just old man just so it's kind of like that's fine with Goliath too it's like you know black Goliath yeah just Goliath is fine that's well I think part of the problem too is that they were like it, Goliath got used like by Hank Pym yeah Clint Barton when he got supersized yeah yeah it's yeah. Power it's, Man used it I think like yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well that was cool. A couple of a couple of somebody's for you this month with uh, Goliath, uh, Bill Foster, and uh, Brother Voodoo. So hey, very cool. Uh, just one quick uh, follow-on. The last person to have the Goliath mantle was Tom Foster, who's Bill Foster's nephew, and that was a character created by Reginald Hoodlum. <laughs> oh, it all ties back. And nice. he appears in uh, Black Panther number twenty-three. That's cool. Yeah, so that run it'll be a little after the ones we're reading, but yeah, yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, all right, sorry, all right. I just uh, no, that's I just cool. happened that's... to come across that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Nice. All right, good picks. We will move on. All right, we are wrapping up issue twenty-one of Hero Man and Sidekick Point. That means it's mailbag time, and uh, we did. I, I'm always slow to put it out, and I don't have to put the call out, so sometimes I don't give you guys enough time, so I apologize for that. Uh, but again, you can always ask questions on the Facebook page or through email or whatever, so uh, if you do have something that you want to talk to us about or a question to ask or looking for recommendations or whatever it is, you can definitely uh, always reach us, and, and I'm pretty good about manning the uh, manning the phones, as it were, on the, on the Facebook page and um, responding to people, so... Uh, but we did have a question this month, and it was from our editor, Justin, uh, who um, Justin's not with us tonight recording, as he is sometimes, but uh, he uh, he does listen to the show, which which I think is really nice because he's not even much of a comic book guy. But what Justin says here is – it's funny because he, he has a very specific – recommendation that he's looking for so i don't know if we're gonna be able to help him but but i'll I'll read you what justin has written uh what are some must reads i'm planning to go through alita having seen the movie recently and that got me thinking that i've been missing out on some great stories i'm looking for some good sci-fi or fantasy not too into superheroes uh runs that aren't crazy long have good story and good art style looking for a tight three to four books (laughs) love the show thanks so so he has a very specific thing that he's looking for (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but I told him because we went to see Alita Battle Angel the other night, um, yep. which which that's what I should have mentioned in the open of the show. I forgot to mention that. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I you know I I had seen the anime and obviously we've read the books here on the show, so I I went into it ready to you know see how they captured the world. They they added some things. Um, that are not in the anime or the or the books, but I, I thought they were okay additions, and they followed some things pretty closely. And overall, I I was entertained. I thought the the action sequences were cool. The world was really really well realized. Uh, a lot of the hunters and the, and the you know the the bounty hunters and everything look uh, look amazing. And some of the cyborgs and stuff are really cool. So I really enjoyed it. And um. And Justin really liked it, so he was asking me a lot about the anime and the manga and stuff. So, um, so he came out of that kind of looking for some, some recommendations. But again, it's very specific. He doesn't want anything long, and he's looking more for like sci-fi or fantasy. So, um, I, I, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, that was that was kind of my and because I'm not a huge 
I, my bread and butter is is very much uh, superhero stuff. Although I do, you know, there the are other things good, like the not too long comment. Like that's where I'm right. getting like. But that, maybe it, like, maybe an arc or something from a from an ongoing or something that he might be able to jump in. Because um, yeah, I was trying to think and I was like looking through my trades and stuff, and I don't I don't have much that's outside the the superhero genre unless it's you know a little bit weirder stuff like Transmetropolitan or. Um, uh, right, right. Which I don't know. Uh, he might like that actually. Like that yeah. might not be a bad recommendation. Like, like Black Science, I really like. Manifest Destiny, I really like. Those are those are graphic novels. There's no, I can't think of a good story arc because it is designed to be kind of an ongoing story. Like it, there's no, there's no one arc in there, especially with Black Science, like. It'd be hard to. It's not just. It's not written that way. Um, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Manifest Destiny really doesn't fit that category either. Like, but again, those are those are definitely outside of the superhero genre. You know. Yeah, they're not. They're not exactly what I don't think. I don't think they're exactly what he's looking for. Well, let's let's put a bat signal out to the to the listeners then, and and see if. Because uh, I know, you know, especially a lot of the people that chime in a lot. I know, you know, uh, our buddy Jamie McKendry reads a lot of different type of stuff. So maybe, maybe some of the listeners have some recommendations, and you can, if you're, if you're not a Facebook user, um, you know, you can email us or, or, uh, um, or are we on Twitter? I can never. Remember. <laughs> anyway, email us if you do use Facebook and you haven't uh, liked the page yet, please do. Or if you are, you know, if you if you do have it uh, liked, then maybe just go right in and and find Justin's comment there and make some suggestions because uh, I think this is one where we're maybe maybe not going to be able to to hit quite what he's looking for. But I guarantee, you know, some of you guys out there that that read all kinds of different type of stuff, I'll bet you've got the perfect thing for him. Yeah, I was trying to think of some other ones too. Like, I wonder if he would. Well, like, I wonder if he would like Kingdom Come though. You know, like even though it's not, it is superhero. It's much more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's I'm trying to think of ones that are. I'm I'm reading through like. I think everything. he signed up for Comicsology so that he could get Battle Angels. So. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see. We yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I was try to, to think. think. It's it's also trying to kind of come up with one off the on the, top of my on the head fly right stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, no, it's a good question. So I I do appreciate that, Justin. Um, but yeah, hopefully someone can help you out. And I'll, I'll look a little more too, a little deeper into my uh, into my trades and my other stuff and see if I can come up with something. But um, all right. Other than that, I think I think we've come to the end of another issue. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Andy? No, that's it for me. I think that's like you said. I think we've gotten to the end. We're kind of we had a. I think it's very interesting time in comics again too. Like if you think about it, we've got the return of Conan. We've got you know Marvel hitting their 80th um, anniversary, so they're kind of bringing back some old school stuff that I think we all really like. So that's uh, I think it's going to be a very kind of interesting few months with comics and it should be pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and branch out a little and, and try some more stuff so that I can, uh, um, you know, have a little bit more variety every month too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it should be a great year for comics and, uh, we're, uh, 
we're really thankful for our listeners. We um, we got some some great news on the on the downloads numbers uh, from the Freebooters Network, and uh, we're it's it's the the amount of people that are listening to the show, or at least downloading. <laughs> I don't know if they're they're listening to it, but the the amount of people downloading the show is is fantastic, and we're we're really really pleased. And if you enjoy the show, um, if you would take the time to leave a review for the Freebooters Network on iTunes, or or put the word out, or you know just let people know uh, if you enjoy the show, and you know if you got buddies that read comics or whatever, just kind of spread the word and uh, and and get it out there because uh, Andy and I really enjoy doing the show and we'd do it if if no one was listening just because we love to talk about comics and it's a good good excuse for for andy and i to just just talk about comics together as well so we really enjoy it and you know if you do too um letting other people know would would be awesome so we appreciate it but we we're so happy to hear the the numbers and that people are are downloading the show and and hopefully that means people are really enjoying it so i'm i'm really happy about that and i i uh i really enjoy being able to do this so so a big thank you to the listeners uh for uh uh, for being there (laughs) and i meant to try to do something um to uh be more prepared with our Twitter feed and, and everything, but no, nah, I totally forgot again. <laughs> All right, well, you know we'll what? See I'll what send can... it to you, and you can put it up on the Facebook page. We'll we'll get there. Uh, but I I did think of some ideas for for Justin too. Um, if he likes the battle lead, battle Alita, Angel Alita. yeah, yeah. There was a weird um, set of comics that I read from uh, Jordawowski. He's the oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, who, yeah. So the Meta Barons. Those he might like that. He might also like the one that we did a couple months ago, Star Slammers, because that's got a that's got a kind of space marine feel to it. Yeah, but, yeah, it's kind of uh, dense too. I don't know if that's a yeah. That's the problem is like the better sci-fi ones are dense. That's not yeah. like because it's more of a like you've got to tell a story. Like yeah, you, know, you don't have to tell as much story with the X Men because they've been around forever. Like you can. That's true. You yeah. can literally just have them blasting things. <laughs> yeah, which is what I like. <laughs> well, no, don't get me wrong. I like that too. Sometimes, yeah. like that's what I mean. Like you can't. Like it's hard to. Like, if you think of think of how many issues, how many issues of Alita we read. Like there were like, yeah. and that's pretty dense in in the yeah. end. Like there's a lot. That's to true. That. That's true. <laughs> like yeah. so, it's hard to find something really light. Yeah. I'll read that and see where he see me like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I will say here's here's something. If people are thinking of suggestions for Justin, he was very much hoping that Battle Angel Alita would kind of like be Necromunda the movie. So for people that are familiar with the Games Workshop game Necromunda and that setting, which is a very gritty uh, sci-fi setting. Um, you know that's that he he likes that a lot and he likes Warhammer 40k so so the maybe that yeah yeah I think so. the Meta Baron might work for him on that nice okay cool all right all right other than that I think we're ready to wrap up thank you uh, thank you Andy as always I appreciate uh, your time and and chatting with me yeah no I have I have a lot of fun uh, each month doing this um, you know it it it, just, it it's great because it gives me a way of talking about some of the you know, the crazy comics that I'm out there reading and stuff. So trying to, trying to talk to it. And yeah, I really hope that people like, you know, if if they don't like our opinions on here, let us know about that too. Let us know, like if we're missing things, um, I'm always willing to kind of put my toes in, you know, it was, it was from a listener, uh, that I tried injection, which was a Warren Ellis, um, 
piece that I couldn't get through the first issue, but I went back and tried it again because of a, a recommendation from the audience. So, yeah, please let us know about stuff out there, especially new stuff that comes out. I, I do my best to find it, but I can't always. So always, always looking for good recommendations. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for listening. Thanks to Andy again. And, and uh Check out Freebooters Network and the other awesome shows on here. Check out Geek Nation Tours, which uh, is our sponsor. And you can even go on a tour with me in November if you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan. We're going to go play D&D in the original Gary Gygax house, house uh, in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I'm super excited for that tour. So, uh, yeah, check out uh, Geek Nation Tours and uh, book something fun with Terrace and, and tell him the hero man and sidekick boy sent you. And uh, other than that, I hope everyone is off to a good start in 2019. We will be back in March. Until then, it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.